Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to the Docs Sportscast today. So Aurora and I are here. We're excited to be talking about some various news throughout the NFL, NBA, um, and so yeah, that's what we're going to update you guys on. A lot of, a lot of obviously, uh, NFL playoff talk, things like that to kind of go through, and we will touch on it here for you today. So first off, um, we are going to be talking about um, John Gruden. Okay, so I'm sure everybody's aware, everybody remembers what happened with John Gruden. You know, we talked about it here on the podcast. Um, did you guys know? Okay, did you know <laughs> John Gruden has a lawsuit against the NFL? Okay, um, he has a lawsuit out against the NFL saying that the NFL tried to uh, ruin his career, okay, uh, by leaking uh, the emails. And things that he had sent, you know, the racial emails, homophobic uh, emails, and things like that. So, <clears throat> it's just it's just so funny, guys, because he came out and he actually tried to sue the NFL over this. So the NFL has um, asked the you know courts of Nevada to dismiss this uh, case, which I think's got a pretty good shot that they'll dismiss it because, you know, there's here's the thing, it, like in today's world slander and things like that like that doesn't really matter anymore it really doesn't um you know people want uh well slander is things that you know ours isn't necessarily factual or whatever but you know these are things that were factual these are things that he did it was it's in writing it's it's hard copied in email i mean the the problem that he is trying to face with himself is oh well i'm not the bad guy yes you are you are the bad guy. Uh, you you did and said these things. It's not professional. It's not it's not okay uh, under any circumstances. And you need to look at yourself, John Gruden, in the mirror and understand. Maybe I'm not that great a person, and I need to change some things. Um, I need to you know be a little bit more compassionate towards other people. Um, you know, not be t- demeaning towards women, and not be uh, you know think about things in a racist way or, or a homophobic way. I mean, I, and that's the thing. You know, you can have your opinions. You can have your personal opinions and beliefs and, you know, whatever. I'm not going to sit there and say somebody can't have their own personal beliefs and opinions. But um, you, regardless of what your opinions are, John Gruden, people don't want to hear them in a business. People don't want to hear them in a, a professional setting, in a workplace. And that's not okay. They're not going to stand for that, okay? At, at, at the end of the day... Places like the NFL, places like the NBA, all these professional sports leagues, and and any company, they care about people who represent their brand. As an employee, you represent their brand. HR places talk about it all the time when they hire you, and most companies just don't follow up with that. They don't really pay attention to it, but you do you represent their brand you represent their company um and and when something comes out about you that's a reflection of that company and that organization so the best thing for them to do is to fire someone who generally most people will look at and say hey that's not a very good person because of the way they are because of the things they said because of uh, some of their personal beliefs that's not a very good person and so if that's the way people are seeing if people look at that and they think wow this person, they're they're not morally sound. Like this isn't this isn't good. They're gonna get rid of you. So stop looking at all this crap and and trying to blame other people. The NFL 
If you want to sit and think the NFL tried to go after you to ruin your career, are you serious right now? Are you absolutely serious right now? Because um, there's an owner of a uh, football team that has no legitimate name at this point um, in the D.C. market that has an owner who is an awful owner. And there's plenty of horrible things came out within that organization, and they didn't try to ruin his career, okay? If if they were going to ruin anyone's career, it would be that one because it would fix a team that is, like, just dying every year because that owner is in place, okay? They would they would figure out a way to dismiss him or ruin, or ruin his career before they did yours, John Gruden, okay? Just so you know, the world doesn't revolve around you, okay? And because you were a big entity on ESPN and all this stuff for so many years, it doesn't mean that you're vital to all this stuff. It doesn't mean the world revolves around you. It doesn't mean the sports world revolves around you. You know, they can evaluate rookie quarterbacks. They can evaluate college quarterbacks without you, John Gruden. They can do that. And for most people out there, when you start thinking like the world revolves around me and, you know, these places need me and all that stuff, you get hit in the face. You know, um, even people that do things right, even people, you know, like there's places I've been and I've done a lot of hours, a lot of work. I've put a lot of effort in. I've really cared about the organization and the company. And at the end of the day, if they're going to make a cut, if they're going to, you know, try and save themselves some money, you know, or be selfish in a certain way and try to put money in the owner's pockets or whatever, they're going to do that. They're going to cut you. And, and I got cut in situations like that too. So at the end of the day, you have to understand the world doesn't revolve around you. Yes, people may be important. People may be vital to different organizations, things like that. But that doesn't mean you're the only one that can be. That, that doesn't mean you can't be replaced. And that, and that will happen. So he needs to get off his high horse. Um, hopefully this gets leaked uh, or hopefully um, this lawsuit just gets dismissed because it's ridiculous that he would get anything from having such polished actions and words out there. Um, so, yeah. Anyway. Next, we're going to talk about Russell Westbrook being benched. Okay, the the Los Angeles Lakers guys, they're a mess. They're they're an absolute mess. They've been a mess. Um, Frank Vogel, late in the game, uh, benched Russell Westbrook. Um, and, yeah, they asked him at the end of the game, you know, why did you make that decision or whatever? And he said, hey, I had the guys out there who I thought would win the game. Okay. And, um, you know, they did lose that game. I mean, they lose games left and right at this point. They're not a good team. They're not. Um, and people need to understand they're not a good team. They have not been a good team. Um, I, I think they've been better since Anthony Davis has been hurt. I think LeBron has been doing more things to, to get the entire team involved and the offense isn't as stagnant. But, you know, you, you need another presence. And I know people are going to be, like, throwing stuff onto Russell Westbrook. Guys, Russell Westbrook's not the biggest problem. Anthony Davis is the biggest problem. In my opinion, he is the biggest problem. He's a, he's an over seven foot tall player who is a wimp and doesn't want to play in the paint because it's too hard to play in there. Okay. Well, if you want to go play for the Dallas Cowboys football team, you go do that because San Francisco 49ers uh, play rough, tough football and the Cowboys come out and just stand there and get beat up on all day. Okay. So if, if you want to go and play finesse sport for a finesse team that doesn't want to play hard and play physical, go play for the, the Dallas Cowboys football team, Anthony Davis. Um, but right now I'm telling you, you, you are – you are a problem to this team. Um, Russell Westbrook isn't much better. Uh, you know, I think they, I think they could fix problems with Russell Westbrook. 
Um, but Russell Westbrook, I think, is frustrated and tired and doesn't want to compete when he doesn't have a winning team either. And, you know, he can't put the ball in his hands and control things because they don't they, they can't do that to have a chance to actually win a championship and things like that. They can't go that route. So Frank Vogel's doing the right thing. I think he benched Russell Westbrook, rightfully so. Um, you know, the other day there, it was talked about how there might be some changes in L.A. and stuff with the trade deadline coming up. If I was L.A., I'm telling you right now, no one's going to listen to this. L.A. is not going to listen to this. Genie Buss is not going to listen to this. They need to trade Anthony Davis and they need to trade Russell Westbrook. They need to find people to take both of those players off their, off their plate. Both of them, 100%. Um, there's plenty of teams that will take them right now. There's plenty of teams that will use them in ways that, that will work. Um, if if uh, someone's trying to unload Ben Simmons right now, you want to ship one of those problem players over to Philadelphia, I'd hate to see that because I want to see Philadelphia play good. But you can get Ben Simmons, who LeBron James can work with and help mold, and maybe it's someone Ben, uh, ben Simmons will respect and work and, and learn from. Um you know, there, there's plenty of teams out there that would accept a trade and it would accept some guys like this that will put butts in seats, even if, you know, one of them's a wimp and one of them uh, has shown that he, he can't win games. He can't be on a, a winning team, a championship caliber team. Um, and if he is, he looks awful like this. Uh, so, you know, Russell Westbrook has been wanting to be on championship team. He's been wanting to be competitive. He's he's I mean, he's, he's said that he's made that he's made that move. And what happens when you're on a competitive team? You go out there and you don't put your effort on the court. This is a team that can compete. If you don't put effort on the court, you can't compete with anyone. You have college teams beat you because you're not going to compete. So, yeah, yeah, that's the thing. And I know people want to say, oh, you can't ever question Russell Westbrook's competitiveness and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you can. Look at last night. Look at last night. You can question it. You can 100% question it. Stephen A. Smith, you can question um, his effort because he's he, he gave up. He gave up and wasn't putting anything in last night, and that, that was that was not okay, not okay at all. Um, and it's stuff like that that's the reason that this this team is a losing team. Um, next, we'll mention it real quick. There was a suicide slash homicide. We don't we don't know the you know police are changing their minds left and right um, at Petco Park. Um, this is a um, this is a uh, sports sports venue. Um, we're not, we're not, we just don't want to give too much of the details and things like that, but it was uh, suicide, homicide. So someone um, fell from one of the upper levels uh, of the facility, and um, it was them and a two-year-old. Um, they both tragically died. So uh, this is something that police are looking into. Uh, very sad situation. And, uh, yeah, just wanted to mention it. it, it it's It's crazy. To think about it, they're saying it's suicide. First, he said homicide, and and now it's just you know we don't know. So this is this is something to keep track of, something to watch for. Be interesting to see uh, if any other stadiums, things like that, do something um, about their upper deck railings and things like that um, moving forward. Uh, so yeah, just something to kind of keep track of there. Um, next, split backfields. Okay, we're just going to mention this real quick. We might do a whole podcast episode on this one day, but. Um, Finally, people are starting to see that split backfields are a problem. They, they, they are. They've had. They always have been. Um, it's, it's not good. It's not good to have a split backfield. I know that it was the big trending thing for a while. You know, so many coaches, Matt Patricia and things like that, said uh, you know tried to make it work and blah 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 blah. Look, at the end of the day, you know, Bill Belichick is a great coach, and Bill Belichick can make um, backfields where you use a different back all the time work. But the thing is, it's. An entire, it's a back that entire game. He's not switching it up in the middle of that game because when that happens, they're ineffective. Okay, look at all the teams in the playoffs right now and look at what they're doing from a running back position. Okay, Green Bay, 
If Aaron Jones is healthy, they're running Aaron Jones. If he's dinged up or whatever, they run A.J. Dillon. San Francisco has Elijah Mitchell. Cincinnati has Joe Mixon. Tennessee has Derrick Henry. Um, they've had Don, uh, Foreman, um, or yeah, till till now. Um, we'll see what happens there. But Tampa Bay, they either have Leonard Fournette, or they've had Keyshawn Vaughn, or they've had you know um, Ronald Jones when he was when he was the guy last year during the regular season. You can make a change at running back. That's fine, and you can try and figure out running back in the middle of the season or something like that. But once it gets to the end of the season, you cannot go into the season and cannot have the mentality of I want to have a split backfield the entire time because the Rams are better because they have a go-to running back. Um, you know, they're, I think they're figuring out their running back position right now because Cam Akers came back, and I think Cam will be that guy um, going into the Tampa Bay game this weekend. And look at Kansas City. You can't do a split backfield. It's got to be one guy. Um, you know, Clyde Edwards-Alaire doesn't look that he doesn't look that impressive. And when you take him out and you got one guy and you say, hey, we're going to give you the, the rock, um, Daryl Williams, we're going to bench you. We're going to give Jarrett McKinnon a chance. He goes out there and does his thing because he knows, hey, I'm the guy. I got this going on. Um, he gets a rhythm. He gets a flow. He works with that line better. He sees things different. He sees things better because he gets more reps in the game. Um, same thing with Buffalo. You know, they went in the they went into it and they for the last couple seasons they've been doing the split backfield thing with Moss and Devin Singletary and it just doesn't work. Ever since they said, Okay, Singletary, you're our guy, we're going with you, we're riding with you, what happens? He's been playing amazing. Okay. Let's stop this split backfield crap. Let's be done with it. It doesn't work. You know, uh, Philadelphia tried that for a few years. Matt Patricia tried that in in uh, Detroit. Like, this just doesn't work, guys. Um, even when you look at some teams and you think, oh, that's a split backfield in Arizona. No, it's not. Arizona's not a split backfield. Arizona is a backfield that whenever one of them's healthy, that one's going to be the guy. And if both of them are healthy, Chase Edmonds is going to be your um, your main running back. And when it comes to, you know, getting some some tough yards, you put James Conner in there. I mean, that's that, that's how they've functioned, and that's how it's worked well for them throughout the season. So, anyway, split backfields with running backs in the NFL. Let's be done with this crap. It's stupid. It's horrible for fantasy managers. They don't like it. They hate it. You can't you can't ever figure out who you want to go with on any given week. You know, we don't need more teams like the Patriots where we don't know who the heck to go with, right? And even this year, they ran a ball with Damian Harris, and when that happened and he was the guy – they were winning games. Now, once he got hurt and things like that, I mean, yeah, they had some struggles and things, but when Damian Harris was the guy and they gave him the rock enough, he did what he needed to do, okay? Um, now, the uh, we will talk about a couple of games uh, that finished. Uh, we'll talk about the Eagles um, game. And, uh, guys, this is what you get with Jalen Hurts. Um, it's not like you had somebody trying to tell you that this is what was going to happen. Um which Aurora was trying to do that. Um, not me. Aurora was uh, telling you guys, look, Jalen Hurts, he's he's great. I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit there and say the guy's not a good athlete. I'm not gonna sit there and say the guy's not a good, you know, f- football player, but um, a good quarterback. Mm, I don't know. I can't say that. Um, I I don't think I've ever been able to say that consistently. Yes, there's times he makes good throws. There's times he makes some good deep ball throws. There's times that his guys are wide open downfield because he's he's got some talent out there working with him, and uh, you know he makes makes some things happen. And he he's got some legs on him, and he can run. He can run, so that's good. But um, when you <laughs> you can't rely on these run first quarterbacks when you get the postseason, you can't do it. You can't rely on them in the postseason. You can't rely on them in the regular season either. Um, you know, even if they have a good run, you know, and, and they, they have, you know, they get 
you know, 10, 10 game win streak or whatever the heck it is that they, they got going on and they look amazing and the team looks amazing. Guys, it only takes one game where, where the defense buckles down and says, you know what, we're going to stop you. We're not going to let you run the ball and you're going to have to outthrow us. And what happens? They throw picks. That's how it goes. That's just how it goes. So Jalen Hurts, I mean, jury's still out. We'll see what happens with the Eagles. Um, I think they would have been more competitive with Gardner Minshew in there. I'm not the only person that thinks that. There's been ESPN analysts that have said that. Um, I just think they would have been more competitive, and and that's the thing. You know, people want to go with these running quarterbacks because it's flashy. It puts butts in seats. People are excited for the football, but it's not consistent. It's not consistent. You can't you can't consistently win that way. And when you get to the the playoffs. You have to be a, a well-rounded, consistent team that, you know, it's not like you can't go out there and just have a bad day. You can't, especially at the quarterback position, even the running back position. You can't just go out there and have a bad day. You can't just go out there and mail it in and expect to win a game. So that's what you're going to get um, if you keep Jalen Hurts at quarterback. I'm just telling you, maybe it can change. Everybody always has a chance to change and, and get better. But as of right now, everything I've seen, I've not seen that he can be consistent or he will be consistent. Um, it just doesn't. It just doesn't work for him in that capacity. So, yeah, I would second guess that if I'm the Eagles. If I'm the Eagles, I would move on from Jalen Hurts. Honestly, that's what I would do. Um, I think there's some teams around the league who would take a Jalen Hurts um, at quarterback, and they would be happy to do so. Um, and you might be able to get some value back for him. Um, but yeah, that's that's my stance on that one. Um, next up, not yeah, this is another one that Aurora didn't try to tell anybody. But um, San Francisco, man, they came out and punched those Cowboys in the mouth. Here's the thing, guys: we talked about their rushing game. We talked about how the Niners would be pounding the 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 Cowboys would be pounding them throughout the game and guess what happened they did okay they came in they played smash mouth football here's the thing with Dallas Cowboys Dallas Cowboys Dallas Cowboys is like you know when you were in high school and you had like these like preppy type of kids that you know they came in dressed in like these fancy polos every day and uh you know they had their their fancy uh letterman jackets and and all that stuff and then over over on the side you got these you got these kids that you know they just dress normal they dress they dress in you know rags and they don't they don't take 10 minutes to change into their shorts or whatever to go practice um you know they they were raised in households where you know hey you get out there and you play every day because you have to not because we want you to or because we're paying for it right and so the Dallas Cowboys is a team that hey this is a this is a kid that his family's got a lot of money and they want him to play and they pay the coach and tell the coach hey we want our kid to play and that's great um but when they go up against a team that comes from uh, a neighborhood that hey we're we are going to play hard every day this is your chance this is your opportunity to work hard this is your chance to to learn and become a better person to become a, a young man or a young woman whatever um we're gonna play with grit and toughness all out there that's what happened in this game san francisco punched them in the mouth and they kept it going all game long that's the dallas cowboys dallas cowboys is a finesse team they have been a finesse team they will continue to be a finesse team that is just what they are okay um dallas cowboys is a finesse team that's what happens when you go out there and you want the flashy players you want the big names you want to sign big contracts right away and all that crap you know what you need some grit you need some grit you need some hardcore guys you need some guys who just go out there and get the job done and don't give a crap about being on commercials or making a getting a big contract or whatever just guys that want to play and Dallas does not have that, okay? And that, oh, and by the way, that boneheaded move by Dak Prescott, 
Really though? Really? Come on. Why is everybody sitting there trying to blame the ref? Why is everybody sitting there trying to blame Mike McCarthy? Blah, 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 blah. Like if you're, if you're that, look, if that was Peyton Manning in, in his prime running years or whatever, I don't care if it was Peyton Manning, if it was Tom Brady, whoever, even if the coach said, I want you to run the ball, it's a designed run. They look at the coach and be like, All right, what are you smoking, man? What are you on? We're not we're not running the ball with 14 seconds left in the game. That's absolutely stupid. It's that's ridiculous. So, um, you know, they they would have called the coach off, and they did not do that. Okay, I mean, it's just common sense. So you can blame Mike McCarthy, but that press guy is just as responsible. And for players to sit there and say, "Oh, we didn't know the rule that the ref had to touch the ball before we snapped it," are you that stupid? You're a professional athlete. You're supposed to know the rules of the game. Um, so if you sit there and say that, I'm going to sit there and say, hey, you're that person in a big organization that came to a presentation of yours, and um, <clears throat> you know you had your you had your presentation on two pieces of paper, and you didn't share it with anyone. You weren't prepared. You weren't ready. That that's your fault. You, you're not professional. You know. So. Um, that that's the way I look at that. I think Dak is just as responsible as all these other people um, that people are trying to blame. You know, at, at the end of the day, someone on the field <clears throat> is responsible as well. And the fact that he ran the ball and ran it as long as he did. I mean, you could see San Francisco like backing off. Like, are you serious? Are you 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 seriously gonna do this? Okay, fine. We're gonna let you do it. All right, go go, man, go ahead. Um, because they knew <clears throat> that clock was gonna run out. Um, you know, the referee tried. He tried to get there. I mean, it wasn't his fault. Um, at the end of the day, so yeah, it's just interesting because that's the way the Cowboys seasons went. There's been so many issues with clock management and game management and all that stuff, and then they go and do a boneheaded thing like that at the end of the game. Just crazy. Um, so yeah, interesting. But uh, you know, we Jerry Jones got to understand he can't just be signing these big names. He can't just be signing all this finesse stuff. He needs some grit in there. He needs some hardcore guys that are just there to play and want to play and want to you know play some smash mouth rough football. I mean. They're just not that. They're a finesse team and uh, all about the big names that, you know, aren't really aren't really doing it. So, yeah. <clears throat> um, and then last, when it comes to games that have already happened, so we are going to talk about NFL officiating. Um, you know, obviously there's been some, been some things going on there with, um, you know, officiating issues, officiating things that have been going on. Um, you know, when you look at the wild cards, that yeah, there were things that happened that were odd. They were strange, whatever. And you know, the the Bengals game, um, you know, the, the Bengals game was one. I mean, I mean, you just had some issues pretty much in most of the games. But the thing is, guys, I, and I'm not sitting here saying, oh, well, the Raiders should have won that game because the Bengals got a free touchdown. Blah blah blah. No, like, look, guys, that doesn't. That doesn't matter. I don't think it affected the game. Like, the real thing that happened, happened. Like, yes, the whistle was blown, but at the same time, it was blown at a point where nothing else was going to change. There wasn't a defender close enough to Tyler Boyd to keep that play from happening. So, um, that's ridiculous to say that, oh, the you know the Raiders should have won that game or whatever because of that play. Like, that's very different than a, a missed pass interference call or, you know, uh, whatever that happened to the Saints, you know. So, um I understand. I, I hear the frustration. 
Um, and, and there has been a lot of issues where, with officiating a referee. I just can't understand why the NFL doesn't, you know, have like they have people in the booth. They have people monitoring these games. They have people watching these games. They have people that can get this right. Okay. And I don't understand why the head referee has to go to a stupid headset and look at a monitor and all this crap. No, there's someone upstairs that's already seen this play 50 million times by the time he gets there. Like these things, referees need to blow the whistle on calls that they understand and they know are going to happen. And if there's any doubt, don't blow a whistle. Don't blow it. Have someone upstairs in the booth call it down real time and say, hey, this needs to happen and make the game 100% fair. Yes, it's going to be a little choppy. Yes, there's going to be times that a play happens and a team's like, oh, it's a big play and there was no whistle blown. Yeah, but upstairs pulled it back. I get that. People will be frustrated at times or whatever. But at the end of the day, people are going to care about legitimacy and people are going to care about things going and happening in real time uh, you know there's not any bad calls there's not any missed calls people are going to appreciate that at the end of the day yes there'll be frustration but there's already frustration so why can't we do this why can't we move on to this and the whole crap of oh well this play is not reviewable this play is reviewable blah blah, blah. stupid everything's reviewable by the people upstairs and when they call in and say hey this needs to be changed right now change it Okay, I mean, the the clock, all that stuff in the NFL, it, it stops and changes all the time anyway. You know, this is not like in soccer where it disrupts the whole feel of the game and stuff like that. That You know, football is not a go, 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 go thing. It's a go, stop, go, stop, go, stop. So the game is stopping. The game has timeouts. The game has injuries and all that stuff that these players deal with all the time anyway. It's not going to affect the game that much. Um, so, yeah, I think... Um, yeah, I think that's kind of what we need to we need to look at there uh, when it comes to you know the officiating. I don't know why it can't just be called upstairs. It doesn't make any sense to me that they can't just have the right calls happen consistently um, with the technology that we have today. It just doesn't make any sense. Uh, now we're gonna preview um, upcoming games here, um, and we're just gonna run through them real quick because uh, last week we actually we we had some money down on um, all the games and we actually got the whole weekend parlay so we actually we actually had every game right last weekend which was pretty great um, so really really fun for us but this week um, really tough matchups for for some people for us I don't think we really see it that way um, here's what I think is gonna happen I think Buffalo they're gonna come out I think they're going to play, again, Kansas City seems to be a little bit more of a finesse team this year. Their defense isn't that strong. Their offense looks clunky. I don't like it. I just don't like it. I think Buffalo's going to beat them. Buffalo's coming off an amazing game against New England. And, yes, people can ride their highs and, you know, maybe they get punched in the mouth. Kansas City is not that team that's going to punch you in the mouth right now. They're just not like that. Uh, they come out really slow. They've always come out slow throughout this whole season. Um, and so when that happens, Buffalo will take advantage. Uh, this is a team with a good defense and a good offense, um, you know, with a good quarterback at the helm instead of an aging quarterback like um, Pittsburgh. So I expect Buffalo to win this game. Next up, the Rams up against Tampa Bay. <clears throat> this one's a little bit tougher. However, I think the Rams will win this game. Um, I think that they will get enough pressure on Tom Brady. I think they'll get after him. Um, I think if Leonard Fournette does come back, I think he's going to have some issues, you know, maybe just – it just whenever a guy comes back, they can come back and not be at the level that they was when they went out. So um, I do think the Rams will have the advantage in this game. I mean, they're just so skilled. The wide receiver position, their offense is so good. I don't think Tampa Bay's defense is going to hold 
um, against a Rams team that I think's really, really good this year. Um, next up is Cincinnati and Tennessee. I'm going to tell you right now, guys, I know everybody's going to be on the Cincinnati bandwagon. I'm not on it right now. I think in this game, I think it's going to be close, okay? And it really it could go either way, just depending on how the game goes. But I think Tennessee has the advantage. I think Tennessee has the advantage because um, they gave up 83 yards to Josh Jacobs. The Cincinnati Bengals did for the Raiders. They gave 83 yards to him, okay? Um Josh Jacobs is not an amazing running back at this point. I mean, he's good, but he's no Derrick Henry. Um, and Josh Jacobs caught four passes for 44 yards. Um, they gave up a good amount in the passing game. They actually gave up more receiving yards than they had. Uh, they gave up over 300 receiving yards. So a healthy Julio, a healthy, Julio, a healthy Derrick Henry. I think if Derrick Henry comes back, he plays healthy. I, I think that the Titans will win this game. But that's a lot of question marks. Derrick Henry, who knows? Maybe he maybe he doesn't look 100%. Maybe he's not 100% healthy. Who knows? Um, but that that's where we think it's going to go. I think he's going to be healthy. I think Julio's going to look healthy. I think they're going to be firing on all cylinders. And I do think that the Titans will get that win. Now, the last one, which is the most interesting one to me, is San Francisco up against Green Bay. Green Bay... I think is one of the more consistent teams out there. You know, thirteen and four record, similar to Tampa Bay. I mean, they they've they've done really really well all season and been in playing consistent football. The challenge I have is I I don't like some of these matchups. I just don't. I I think San Francisco has a lot of grit to them, a lot of heart to them. I think they won against Dallas because they just did their thing, played their game. And all the things that they did well, I see them still doing it well up against Green Bay. Green Bay gives up a lot of pass yards to tight ends. Well, George Kittle didn't have a good game last game. He's probably going to have a good one this one. So George Kittle might carve them up. Debo Samuel, I think, is going to give them some problems. So I, I think San Francisco has a really good chance of beating Green Bay. And I will put some some money out there on that upset because I think it has a good potential to happen but um, it's going to be a close game, I think. I would be very surprised if this is a, you know, a blowout game. I think the Rams game could be a blowout. I think Buffalo could end up being a blowout. But I think for the most part, this will be a pretty close game um, with these two teams. And if San Francisco can control the clock, um, you know, and and Aaron Rodgers can come out and have some issues in what he sees on defense, defense. Um, you know, that, that's going to be a big player. And San Francisco is, you know, got some guys banged up on defense. If all those guys don't play, yeah, Green Bay will probably win this game. So there's a lot up in the air, a lot up in the air. But if San Francisco can be healthy on the defensive side, I think I think that, you know, they'll win this game. But if, you know, a couple of these guys are out, it's going to be really close. So that's the only one that we really have in question. But we'll go ahead and jump off here, guys. Again, we are official travel agents specializing in Disney, Royal Caribbean, Universal, Carnival Cruise Line, Sandals Resorts, and much more. So feel free to reach out to us. We'd love to help book your next set of magical memories. Um, and we, our services are completely free. So thank you guys again. We'll talk to you next week.